Live from VentureX Studios, it's JP, Kathy, and the crew. All right, as I clear my throat, allergies, asthma, sinuses, anybody else have that going on? Um, Yeah, fall is definitely here in North Texas um, where you have rain expectations of hail tornadoes then thankfully just just some rain um which we did need but um just anyways be careful if you are actually catching this podcast live if you're catching us live this morning then um make sure you are safe on your way in if you're watching us from the north texas area and um just be careful and let Okay, so let me get up. And Brett's like, "Oh no, she's got her teacher finger out." So, what is she going to talk? What is she going to pontificate about? Okay, when and, and you know, I, I this comes from, especially I'm very sensitive to school buses, especially when I back um, in the '90s when I was a special education teacher at Plano East Senior High. Um, my special ed kids, a lot of times we would be on a bus even during the day because we would travel to job sites and do job training and things of that nature. And when a bus stops and a bus has their um, stop, oh, the stop sign that pops out on the side of the bus, which has usually has like flashing lights around it, which indicates, well, if it says stop, that indicates stop. A stop sign on a bus, even if it's a stop sign, it means stop. And um, so I'm going in this morning, you know, driving very cautiously. My car's in the shop, so I have my mom's car right now, so I'm being extra careful. Um, And thanks, Mom. Um, But um, I'm driving a little bit slower, so I end up hitting this um, bus, and all the moms are getting their kids. It's a bus stop, and the moms are because it was still raining pretty heavy at that point. So the moms are taking their umbrellas and they are um, walking the kids out to the bus stop. So, and they're doing this with the umbrellas on and all that kind of good stuff, which all absolutely, it makes sense. Oh, wait, let me turn all my, all my sounds off. Hold on a second. There we go. I've got like alarms going off and everything. I didn't, I forgot, I forgot to turn off alarms this morning. Okay, so... Moms are taking their kids with the umbrellas to the to the bus stop, which obviously it's going to take a little bit longer. There were literally the way cars had jammed up and stopped and you could just look around in the people in the cars around you and some folks were just kind of sitting there, you know, kicking back. Of course, I'm what do I do? I pick up the phone or, you know, hit the phone and start calling people, um, you know, just chit-chatting, and and I'm looking at these folks, and, and, and again, I saw a long line of moms and dads with umbrellas. I knew it was going to take a while, and there were people who were just, had a visceral reaction. The, people were just angry, and I, I, I don't get it. I understand um, if it's raining and you've got to be somewhere on time, then, hey, you know what? Leave 30 minutes earlier. Or if you know there's a bus stop or a school zone on your route and you are going to need to slow down, especially and maybe even a little bit more so when it's raining outside, um, just plan accordingly. Um, a couple of folks were beeping, and I'm like, 
what good is that going to do? The kids are going to get on the bus. The moms are not going to be like, oh, well, okay, just that person's angry, so I'm I'm not going to walk you in the rain, little third grader. I'm going to let just let you run and get wet, and there you go. So, um, anyways, does that drive anybody else crazy? I just I don't. Does that make anybody else insane like it makes me? Because it really does. Oh, good morning. Um, Fred, you hit the bus. No, Fred, I didn't hit the bus. You're, you're hilarious. Anyway, so, and Denise, good morning. Um, and Denise, will I see you Saturday at Congressman Taylor's um, uh, ceremony where he will be honoring um, uh, veterans who are still serving our community. I hope I hope I get to see you there. Um, anyways, and we will have Congressman Van Taylor on today. And God bless him. He's going to try to make sense of the budget and the runaway spending that is Washington D.C. That just when you thought it, just when you thought it was safe to go back to the water, it's not. Um, it's anyways, it's worse than ever. So he'll he'll come on here in about oh twenty minutes or so and be um, chatting with us. So Brett, if you'll let me know when he comes on, in case he comes on a few minutes early today. Um, so anyways, if there is a bus, please, oh please, oh please. You know, be respectful of the bus driver, the kids, and um, and I don't know. Is that something I'm going to ask you this, Brett? And you can you don't have to come on um, on the mic, but you know, you're younger, Brett. You're Brett, who produces our show in the mornings. You're in your young twenties. When you were in driver's ed, did you learn about like if a bus is stopped and they have their stop sign out that you don't go around it? Okay, so so that's still in the driver's ed manual um, as of a few years ago. I'm going to ask my son, who literally just got his driver's license last year. I'm just going to see if, if he says the same thing. I'm assuming it is because all that kind of stuff always has to be in the driver's ed manual. Anyways, makes me nuts. So if you see a bus stop and that stop sign is out, you stop. Don't beep. Don't scream. Don't cuss kick back and listen to some music and just make sure those kids are safe. Um, and same with school zones. People who get mad when there's a school zone and don't slow down. I'm like always like, oh, where's a police officer? Because that's a big old expensive ticket. So anyways, um, we're going to do a little bit of Halloween trivia if we have some time today. And then, oh my goodness, I found on CNN of all places, I found like the cutest um, pet costumes I'm still deciding on three different costumes for um, Kira. She's like, oh, please don't, please don't get me a Halloween costume. But, you know, got, got to do it. It has to be done. It just has to be done. Something that JP and I have talked about um, before, and I've talked about, I've had this conversation with a number of friends um, since the pandemic, and that is streaming services. So um, came across an article um, not too long ago, it's from the LA Times. After the pandemic ends, oh, pop-up ads make me crazy. After the pandemic ends, streaming binge will continue, this report says. Um, and it says, before the pandemic, Wing Lom and his wife, Kelly, used to go out three nights a week. Now it's just one night. They entertained themselves. 59-year-old Lom, already a Netflix subscriber, um, paid for two additional streaming platforms, HBO Max and Disney Plus, to watch new films this year. He has no plans to cancel them, even when the theaters have reopened. Now, now obviously, this was um, an article out of, out of L.A. that I had come across. But in Texas, you know, the movie theaters are back open. So let, let's talk about the let's talk about streaming services. As long as we get movies at home at the comfort of your house without having someone breathing on you and telling you what to do, 
We might wait a little bit longer. Lom, a founder of Tustin-based Wahoo's Fish Taco. I bet that's good. Even as businesses reopen, many consumers such as Lom are sticking to the new entertainment habits they developed during the pandemic. Among 1,000 U.S. consumers surveyed in April, 67% plan to continue to spend more time consuming entertainment than they did before the COVID-19 pandemic, according to a report that was released from uh, the United Talent Agency. Uh, Shelter-at-home efforts accelerated the pace of cable cord cutting and migration of consumers to streaming platforms with 56% of customers surveyed saying they added at least one subscription streaming service, say that 10 times fast, subscription streaming service. After the pandemic, 71% of those surveyed said they plan to use more than one. Um, uh, subscription video streaming service, according to the UTA report. The findings challenge the notion that consumers wouldn't pay for more than two streaming services in a crowded market marketplace. Boy, that's the truth. I'm going to tell you my personal um, experience with that. And oh, good morning, Kevin. Um, and, and good morning, Dad. Um, what, so let me know if you have streaming services. First of all, how many streaming services did streaming services services did you have before the pandemic? How many do you have now? And once everything's completely open back up, nobody's worried about masks, vaccinations, shutdowns, once we get back to that place, are you going to cut? Or as, for example, like you're in Texas, well, I mean, we're pretty much open for business. If you um, are in in a place where you're back in your office or you're, um, you know, back to going out on a regular basis, are you finding yourself cutting the streaming services or not? So I would I would love to know that from the crew. Um, consumers have, have learned that they have options and more control over their schedules, whether it's reducing their commute by working remotely or relying on Amazon Prime to deliver paper towels instead of making a trip to the store. And boy, I've got so many friends who they don't step foot in a grocery store anymore. Even if they go and do curbside pickup at like a Walmart or a Target or something of that nature, or a Tom Thumb, um, not sponsors, but they could be. Um, and then I've got tons of friends who just have everything delivered to their house. And they're like, I love not having to go to the grocery store. I find it kind of therapeutic. Um, we've, we're reconsidering the way we utilize our time, said Joe Kessler, global head of UTA IQ. A research, analytics, and digital strategy division of the agency. We've developed efficiencies from the pandemic. I do believe that. Kessler said those changes open up more opportunities for talent to reach their audiences. The pandemic was all about disruption, Kessler says. In fact, one can conclude, as many have, that this was the most significant social and business disruption since World War II. Obviously, that I, I believe that as well. Consumers are more open to try out new formats and types of content, including documentaries, educational videos, foreign dramas, and um, and the list continues. In addition to streaming services, consumers also spend a lot of time on social media during the pandemic. Yes, they do. And be nice when you're on social media, please. Um, becoming more familiar with platforms um, such as Cameo, which allow um, consumers to pay for personalized, exclusive content. Additionally, UTA's report found that 20% of consumers surveyed said they would be more willing to pay for exclusive content from influencers and celebrities 
properties than they were before COVID-19. One of one in four consumers also believes fans will have more control over the content that influencers create after COVID-19, whether that's picking a lineup for a live show that gets made. Um, the report says Kessler said that he hopes the findings of the study will encourage more talent to experiment with new ways to reach fans. Um, we've already got a ready-made universe um, of consumers who want it. So I think this is... This is fascinating to me because we had, and my husband and I, um, uh, when we were talking about this, what, what, did, what did Fred say? Oh, no. Unfortunately, some of us have, sh- yep. Unfortunately, some of us um, uh, on the shows I like um, are only on those individual services. They, they hooked you in, and for that one service, you'll pay that four ninety nine a month. So you're exactly proving my point, Fred. You know, before... Um, the pandemic, we had, and we've always had cable, and, you know, I've purchased pretty much every musical I love over the years, and, and a number of movies, but um, we always had, we've, we had Netflix and Hulu prior to the pandemic. Um, now, my husband and I, we dig documentaries, we love those true crime kind of things, so we could always find, you know, crazy documentaries and, and great true crime stuff on um, or fascinating true crime stuff, I should say, on, you know, Netflix or Hulu. And then a number I love, uh, oh, my goodness, I'm you know big fan of The Office. I literally could sit and watch that show every day for the rest of my life and be happy. I'm a huge fan of Everybody Loves Raymond, Frasier, um, gosh, you know, Parks and Rec. So I, I love binge watching or just kind of when I'm what I call dumbing down, you know, you know, finishing up with work for the day. Um, you know, I'll I'll put on an old rerun of something. Well, those are really they're so, so now they're on some of the, the cable, so to speak, channels, but they're just so much easier to find and you can fast forward, you can put on the season you want, the episode you want through streaming services. So what I found was, yes, during the pandemic, we absolutely, and JP and I did a story on uh, the Tiger King and how that really hooked people into binge-watching TV during the pandemic. Um, Hugely popular show on Netflix, and I'm sure if you're a member of the crew, you remember us talking about that because everybody was either, they're like, oh, I couldn't stop watching it, it was a train wreck, I had to watch it, or people are like, I refuse to watch it, Um, or what the heck, you guys are crazy, I can't believe y'all are spending your time watching this. I was one of the ones that watched it. But um, I found, and we we were counting up, that we've got, um, we had added six services, six streaming services during the pandemic. So we have a total of eight. And what's interesting, and, and Fred, you nailed it, now we won't get rid of Disney Plus because... Grogu, Baby Yoda, The Mandalorian. We will not get rid of it because of that one show. Um, I I went, I still kept Netflix, but when Netflix dropped The Office and then Peacock streaming started, because I refused to give up The Office, I got one of the versions and I didn't get the free version. I got like the limited commercials version, which I think is $4.99 of Peacock. And then I was really happy because Everybody Loves Raymond is on that show. Um, Then what else did we add? We added HBO Max. We just recently added 
because of one show that I had so many friends that highly recommended, plus um, the actor who plays Michael Scott on The Office is on this, this show on Apple TV, which is um, the, the morning show. Jennifer Aniston, Reese, Reese Witherspoon, and what is the guy who plays? How can I forget the guy who plays Michael Scott's name? Oh, my gosh, somebody help me out. I cannot believe I'm blanking out on that. I am getting old. Um, okay, so anyway, so one show, and now we have that. Um, I'm trying to think what what are some of the other one shows we added. And literally, it it was, we would get, it, somebody was like, oh, oh, HBO Max. Um, it was the, um, I think it was, the, there was a Wonder Woman movie, but then there was, um, it was Mayor of Easttown. Um, with Kate Winslet, I believe. Excellent show. Superior, superior show. Um, and then there's just been a number of shows like that where we just, we added a streaming service. And it was like, okay, well, I paid for the last one. So you pay for this one. So right now we're paying, like, my husband pays for four and I pay for four. But that does add up. But again, we are not going to the movies as much as we used to. Um what did we see the other day? M. Night Shyamalan's, I saw, like a couple of months ago, we saw the movie Old because we couldn't get that on streaming. Um, my husband has seen James Bond twice at the movie theater. Um, we're supposed to go see it on a big, the big screen together. But it's one of those things that people have added these services. And even as the pandemic lessens or as your you know, city, county, or state eases up on restrictions people have gotten hooked in to those shows the crown dad as a matter of fact i got my dad um a netflix subscription just to binge watch the crown which you know he just he loved and it's one of those things so once you get hooked into a show it's like i don't think you let it go streaming services from everything i've read and and you're you're the consumer so um yeah, it's costing now more now. Boy, that's the truth. Because you know, if if your show isn't on basic cable, well, you're you're paying for it just because you want to see that one show. They've really got you hooked in. They really have you hooked in. But again, streaming services are something that were impacted immensely by the pandemic. Oh, do we have? Oh, okay. Well, gosh, I have been ranting about this for about 20 minutes. So anyways, it, it's just been, it's something that's here to stay. I, I think that streaming services are now a way of life. And like the um, individual who was quoted in this article in the, LA, in the LA Times said, this is something that if you're an influencer, Bye. if you're, hey, oh, there, I, I think we do have Congressman Taylor. But anyways, if you do have, uh, let me finish up my thought on streaming services. And then I want to find out how many streaming services you have, Congressman Taylor. He's like, okay, Kathy, we're talking about the budget. But anyways, this is one of those things where it is here to stay. If you are um, somebody famous, if you're an actor, an actress, producer, you know, get hooked in with one of these streaming services because your audience will follow you there and then they won't let it go. And and I believe, like the article says out of the LA Times, this is something that is here to stay, but it's something that was brought about because of the pandemic. So anyways, fascinating, but not as fascinating as talking to Congressman Van Taylor about money in D.C. So how are you, Congressman? Good morning, good morning, and yes, good morning. <laughs> Hello. Well, it's so great to hear from you, and thanks for coming on today. Um, my goodness, you know, we talk about um, runaway spending, and the numbers that I see 
batted around out of D.C. from the opposition party, not from you, not from your conservative peers, but from the other side of the aisle and from the administration, I see the numbers and sometimes I won't have my glasses on and I'm like, oh, I'm seeing extra zeros. Let me put my glasses on or let me zoom in and open up this article on my phone or my tablet. And I'm like, my goodness, I'm not seeing extra zeros. This is legitimately what they are trying to shove down we the people's throat. So let's talk about spending in the budget and where are we on this? Is there any way to stop this runaway spending? And and what are your thoughts on that? Well, Kathy, this is absolutely runaway spending. Uh, You've seen that the Democrats, I think the congressman might have, his feed might have frozen on us. Let's see, Brett, can we see if we can get him hooked back up? Kathy, you Oh, there? there you go. Oh, there you go. Okay, you're back. Okay, so you said yes, the spending is out of control, and then you sounded like a robot and you froze. Yeah, so, spending, <laughs> this is, this is, yeah. Yeah, this is absolutely out of control runaway spending uh, on a level that we've never seen before uh, in America. And, you know, when you say, uh, you know, so the, the Democrats in, in the spring spent $1.9 trillion. That's a huge number, yeah. the largest spending package in the mm. history of our country. And you might ask the question, how much is that? The answer is it's over $5,000 per man, woman, and child in this country. That's, um, I mean, that's just, so that's, that's so hard to wrap your head around. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's really amazing because the logic here is Democrats are going to take the money out of your back pocket and then hand it to you and then, you know, take $5,000 out of your back pocket and hand you $500 and say, I did you a favor. $500. I mean, you know, we boy, you, you go back to the days of fuzzy math. I mean, this is just this is theft. Yeah, it's 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 terrible, unacceptable. Uh, and 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 really and truly shocking, um, and 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 but there's more. It gets worse. Oh, no. uh, the Democrats right now they're 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 pared down package. So they've they've reduced their package by a little over a trillion dollars. Um, currently seeks to spend four point three trillion dollars. And you might ask, well, that's a huge number. Like, how much is that? And the answer is that is that is. Believe it, get this. $13,000 per man, woman, and child in this country mm. today. I, I Again, these numbers are, it's so hard to wrap your head around it. And I'm so glad that you're spelling this out. And, and I hope that um, folks who are tuning in to our show today will share this with their friends. I mean, even if it's okay if you're not in Congressional District 3, the numbers he's talking about, these numbers stand for every American across the United States. And so, again, and we'll talk a little bit about the 2022 election. um, And that's where we, the people, can can take this this craziness away and and get things back to a a more normal, I guess, um, way of looking at our money. So these numbers, I, I feel like they just keep going up, and I'm so glad you're breaking them down. So tell us more about the spending and and what they're proposing this spending for as well. Sure. Well, they're they're planning all kinds of 
things that are that are actually going to really hurt the U.S. economy. Uh, so one of the big plans is 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 to do extra spending to increase the size of the welfare state. Um, I think we can agree as Americans, you want to have a safety net. You want to have something that if people are down, you know, having a hard time, that you're you're helping them, you're giving them a. If Americans want, they want a helping hand, not a handout. Yes. But this this piece of legislation, this much spending, is intended to start, you know, giving huge handouts, uh, and those huge handouts will cause our country to have lower labor force participation, which is a fancy way of fewer people will go to work. And right now, when I talk to employers uh, across the third district of Texas and, and everywhere I talk to, every employer tells me how hard it is to get new talent, to bring in new people, to get people to work. And you can see it in the job, in the job numbers. Uh, labor force participation is down, fewer people are working, and the number of job openings is increasing. It's actually greater than the number of people that are looking for a job right now. Um, and so this is a very serious economic problem. One of the reasons our supply chain is having problems is we don't have enough workers. We don't have enough truck drivers, enough forklift operators. And a lot of them could be working, but they're not because Democrats have increased the size of the welfare state. And they're actually doing it dramatically, dramatically in this next bill, the reconciliation bill which is why it's such a bad thing for our country. Uh, and, and can you talk um, about, are, Congressman, can you real quick talk about the reconciliation? How is this bill different than what they were pushing you know, even, even a couple of months ago? What exactly is in this reconciliation bill? And then, and then I want to know, because I, I, I've, I've heard what you're doing to fight it, but I want you to tell the crew what you're doing to fight it and then how they can get in touch with their congressmen the, you know, the Speaker of the House, sure. the President, who do, the, who do we need to reach out to to say this is horrible? So let's, what specifically is in that reconciliation bill? So, look, it is thousands and thousands of pages. Uh, you've got uh, amnesty uh, for illegal aliens in there. You have mm. uh, a huge increase uh, in capital gains taxes, which is going to cause people to not sell assets. They're going to not invest in new ventures. They're going to just keep their money where it is and locked up in an inefficient place. Yeah. Uh, and actually tax revenue will go down. I mean, we, we've seen statistically, um, you know, uh, when President Bush in 2003 lowered the capital gains tax rate, uh, the revenue went up. So, you know, this will actually cause the rate to go up. Revenue will go down, uh, less investment, fewer new jobs. Uh, fewer new efficiencies will be created. Um, you've got uh, an increase in the personal income tax rate, an increase in the corporate income tax rate. And, and the corporate income tax rate increase that the Democrats are talking about is particularly frightening uh, because uh, prior to President Trump, uh, you watched companies leave this country. It was called inversion. They would literally move out of the country, take their profits in another country, uh, and then they would, and then over time they said, well, gosh, the profits are building up, you know, in Ireland or wherever it was. Right. And then in turn, instead of building the next factory back in Indiana where the company was from, they built it in Ireland because that's where their capital was. Um, President Trump, uh, with his tax cuts and jobs act lowered the, the, the corporate tax rate. And we went from one of the highest in the developed world to a, to a middle, you know, middle rate at 21%. Uh, and inversion stopped. Uh, President Trump deserves a lot of credit for stopping the inversions. 
and for reshoring, bringing companies back to the United States, which is what you want. Because when they come back to the United States, they create jobs here in the United States. They invest in the United States. Uh, And so the Democrats uh, have not learned the lesson that President Trump taught them. They have learned they're they're trying to raise the corporate tax rate back up to be one of the very highest in the world, uh, higher than China, higher than almost any country in Europe. And the problem with that is is that you will watch companies once again invert. They will start offshoring, leaving this country, not investing in new jobs, and it will make the United States weaker. Um, and there will be less revenue because people will book their profits not in the United States, but they'll book it overseas. Um, and so uh, you, what you want is you want a, a, a tax code that is fair, simple, and low. Uh, and that encourages people to invest in this country, to create new jobs in this country, uh, to you know, to make America the greatest nation on earth that it that it has been. Um, and th- this this bill is a threat uh, to the United States' economic success. Uh, and and the, the higher taxes uh, are a problem. Uh, and I will say that there are you know, another idea that's in there that's just terrible is this idea of surveilling your bank account. Uh, originally, they said, well, if you've got $600 in your bank account, we want the IRS to know everything that's going on in that bank account. <laughs> They've changed yeah. that to $10,000. Well, if you spend $28 a day, uh, you have $10,000 going in and out of your bank account over the course of a year. Right. $28 a day. Right. So basically, every bank account in America that's got pretty much anything going on with it uh, is going to be surveilled by the IRS. Um, and they want to hide. They want to double the size of the IRS. They want to audit more people. Um, and this is, you know, this is deeply upsetting. I think to many Americans, they don't want big government to have access to their personal information. I believe it's a violation of the Fourth Amendment to the Constitution. Uh, we have a right to privacy to our to our our homes, uh, yes. to our businesses. Yes. Uh, the government doesn't get to know everything we're doing. We don't live in a totalitarian state, unfortunately. This particular provision smacks of totalitarianism. I mean, it just it just it reeks of it uh, and says we, the government, want to know everything that's going on in your life and in your bank account. Well, if you look about it, you know, if you if you look into um, just the pandemic and how they are treating us with vaccinations and um, with masks and masks and any kind of mandate, you know, demanding that you work from home, all the different things that are going on. And, and I'm sure you've noticed Boy, there are, every day I'm out driving around, I see more and more empty buildings with for lease signs on that are really fairly pretty new buildings. I know um, uh, I've got a family member who's working from home, and they were going to sublet. Their company had just signed like a seven-year lease. Not, I mean, they weren't even like two years into a seven-year lease. And they were going to sublet that space. And so I asked the other day, I said, by any chance has um, your company had the opportunity to sublet your space? No, it is still sitting there empty. So, again, somebody's eating the cost somewhere. And I'm so glad you're talking about this. And I think this is something that from now until we can change this, I would love to hear you talk about on the show. And that is what the government wants to know about your everyday business. Boy, howdy. I, you know, I know traveling um, from here to Boston, I must have had a million things pop up on a million different apps on my phone. Not literally a million, but you know what I mean. They were like, um, let, let us know where you were. We need to track you so we can see if you were exposed to COVID and we can t- contact you and everybody you were around. And I was like, 
well, no. I mean, if, it, you know, if and I was tested, you know, before and after and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, you know, if, if I need to be responsible and tell those that were in my immediate vicinity, I would. But um, now when you're talking about looking into somebody's bank account, and I don't care. I don't care if it's just people who have a million dollars in their bank account or who just spend 100000 a month. That is not the government's business. It's just not because then all of a sudden – are they going to tell you because you don't have a vaccination for COVID um, or because you live in a conservative, liberty-loving state like, oh, Texas, are they going to all of a sudden, because they've got access to your bank account, are they going to all of a sudden say, well, you know what, you aren't COVID tested, so I'm I'm going to deny paying for you to go into this movie theater or I'm going to n- deny paying for you to go into a concert where does it stop I you know there really is um, it, it, this is this is just another step um, that that Democrats are planning uh, in their quest to you know increase tax revenue and take money out of people's pockets that takes away our privacy. Uh, and I believe it's my responsibility as an elected official to stand up for your privacy, to stand up for the privacy of every American, uh, to protect them from this big government overreach. Uh, bureaucracies want more data. They want more information um, because it helps them in some ways to do their job. You know? and, but at the same time, as Americans, we have a right to privacy. We don't yes. want government knowing everything about us. That's not what we want. Uh, and so this is something that almost all Americans oppose. They don't like this idea. Democrats continue to push for it. They continue to drive for it. Uh, Speaker Pelosi last week was asked about it. She said, no, it's in. It's going to be there. Uh, we're going to do this. Uh, you know, and it, it was shocking. Um, that, that, and, and, and I mean, and I'll say I, I serve on the Financial Services Committee uh, in the U.S. House. And we had the Secretary of the Treasury, uh, Janet Yellen, uh, before us a few weeks ago. And we asked her, do you think this is an invasion of privacy for the IRS to see everything going on in someone's bank account? And she said, no, it's not. And we were astonished. We were absolutely <laughs> gobsmacked. But it is. say that to us. It it's is. To, to try to pretend to us that it's not an invasion of privacy when so clearly uh, any clear-thinking American says, I don't want the government to have transaction data of what I'm doing in right. my bank account. That right. is my personal business. And, and, and I'll just make this point. If the IRS thinks that there is tax fraud going on, they have they have the authority uh, to go in front of a judge, to get a warrant, and to pull those bank records. It's not like they can't do what any law enforcement agency has to do. And the warrant process is born of the Constitution. It is an yes. idea that you cannot yes. just – the government cannot willy-nilly go and look at stuff unless they actually have probable cause. And that is a legal concept that you don't have to watch law and order to understand, but it certainly helps. That uh, it's a long, it's, a, it's a, look, it is that is a long held, uh, cherished American principle: the right to privacy that's protected Absolutely. in the Fourth Amendment of the Constitution. Every American has had it. Every American should continue to have it. Yes, and Democrats are trying to strip it away. Amen, and thank you, Congressman Taylor. We've got a few comments. Um, James is say, on the, James Ruth on the feed um, said that's what Biden and his people want. They want to take the companies um, and take the business overseas. And you see that again. That's something that President Trump fought against, and you know made it where it was it was more feasible and more financially sound for companies to stay here 
And now all of a sudden it's just like, eh, whatever. And it, and it is easier for you to go overseas. And then um, what did Greg Rusk say? He said a lot of commercial real estate um, leasing companies are banking on the remaining big lease and enjoying claiming the capital loss of vaccines on their tax filings. Very interesting. So, and then I want to get back to one thing. When you're talking about the government being able to look at your transactions, your bank account, there are a lot, I know, a lot of my married couple friends, for whatever reason, they bank separately from their husband. I know I've got a, a one of my dear friends, her and her husband, they keep separate bank accounts. They don't have access to each other's bank accounts until, you know, like in their will, now there's, you know, certain allowances. But they, you know, one pays certain bills, the other pays certain bills. They've never had any kind of trust issues in their marriage. That's, that's just the way they decided to do it. And a lot of married couples, I know you've got friends who are married couples who she has her account, he has his account, and they don't even look at each other's. And that's your spouse. So my goodness gracious, why would you want the government looking at that if you don't even give, you know, even and then if even if you are a spouse that has a joint bank account or you've got access to each other's banking accounts, do you give it to your friend on the street? Do you give it to a random stranger at a 7-Eleven that you don't know? Again, then why does the government have that authority over us? Yeah, it's, um, again, this is just a shocking tactic uh, that, that Democrats are using to, you know, and it, it just, and it really uh, strips away our rights as individuals and really brings us closer to living in a totalitarian state, which is not the point of America. The point of America was that we didn't want to live under a king. We wanted to have control over our yes. own lives. And there were some rights that were so important uh, that we put them in the Bill of Rights. And the Fourth Amendment is the right to, to privacy, the right to not have to have security. And that you would, in order for the government to get access to your data, the government would have to go in front of a court and justify to the court that probable cause existed. And this is well-established, uh, long-held uh, legal principle uh, that this country has lived under uh, for, you know, from the beginning. Right. Uh, and so I think it's important that we continue to uphold that. And it's shocking to see uh, so many Democrats so eager to trample on our rights uh, and to take them away from us and to say, we don't care what the Bill of Rights does. We are going to get that information and we're going to use it however we want. And the problem with that is that, you know, it begins here, but then it just it keeps getting less and less and less. You have less and less privacy. And so um, as an American, uh, I'm going to continue to fight against these kind of intrusions uh, on our rights. And thank you so much for putting up the good fight. And I know you've got a feel. Now, luckily, you know, you've got um, conservative colleagues that you work with to try to get Sensible questions asked, especially when you're on a finance committee. Um, and didn't you? And, and I'm going to go back. This is this is how out of sorts things are. When you're just like, how can this be our federal government in action? This is not the government that the founding fathers intended to have. Let's go. Let's go back a few months. Um, you were in a committee meeting for finance, and AOC went at, to the tune of what a thirty thousand dollar ticket and i don't even know how much her, her ball gown cost to an event at the met oh yeah that one and y'all are sitting there getting ready to vote in committee which 
I don't I don't know about you, but if I've if my boss calls a meeting and somebody who I work with, you know, says, hey, we're going to have a meeting and you've got a room full of people waiting for you, unless you're really sick or there's been a family emergency, she basically just blew off y'all's meeting. Was I correct in the understanding of that? Yeah. So the, in, in, and the, the circumstances there is we had a financial services committee uh, hearing. I think we're 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 marking up uh, three hundred and twenty seven billion dollars of uh, of spending, uh, an absolutely staggering sum. That's 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 almost a thousand dollars for every man, woman, and child in this country. Uh, so just just a, a tremendous amount of money, um, and uh, we were discussing that. And we were going to, we were supposed to vote on it that night, but then around five thirty, they said, "Okay, we're done. Uh, we'll we'll vote tomorrow." We're like, "Huh, that's really weird. Why are we voting tomorrow?" Why? I mean, Let's just we take care of today. business now. And then, and then we start seeing on Twitter, uh, "Here's AOC at the Met Gala in her tax the rich uh, gown, uh, instead of actually being on the job uh, voting for the people as part of the reconciliation bill." Yeah, she's at the Met going there. And so literally the entire committee, there's like 60 members <laughs> is not meeting so that AOC can get in her, uh, her Twitter, her Twitter night, uh, at the, uh, at the, at the Met. And that's, I mean, and here's the thing, you know, Congressman, you can't make that up. You cannot make that yeah. up. These are people who it's not, can't make it up. Yeah. You're not, you know, you're not, just you didn't go in off the street and interview for a private sector job where you know what sometimes some stuff goes on and people you know it is what it is we the people hired you to go to congress we the people hired in her neck of the woods her to go to congress and so if i like if i were to hear that you had skipped out on a on a meeting where you're talking about millions upon millions upon millions of taxpayer dollars that are going to impact my kids that are already impacting them that are going to impact my grandkids my great-grandkids that Im- impact the future of our country if i found out that you had skipped out on a meeting like that i would have lost my mind I, and and she gets a hall pass why do they get a hall pass for wanting to look into our bank accounts for spending money of ours that we don't have to spend i mean my parents were always like hey if you don't have the money to spend it Oh, well, too bad. Don't spend it. Um, and then they skip out on crucial committee meetings where a vote was going to be taken. Why do they keep getting away with that? You know, I, I, it's, uh, it's incredible. And I'll just point out that the Metropolitan uh, Museum of Art in New York City and Central Park is not in AOC's district. Uh, it's oh my, wait! So it's not the, even it's not even in her district. No, like she no, was doing she, constituent she to, services. No, oh. no, she does, no, no, no. She's she she represents Queens, the 14th district of New York, and she went into the 12th district, which is in Manhattan. Um, so she, she, she went to a different borough, a different borough. I mean, you know, it, it, oh. it, 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 it is. You know, and it's not like she had a speaking role or something. Uh, right. Where, you know, hey, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm headlining this. Yes. It's a really important I'm the I singer, you know, or I'm playing an instrument or anything. counting <laughs> on me. I, you know, I really, yeah, it'd be one thing if she was. My but no, she's just there to be on Twitter and do the tax the rich thing. And, of course, 
you know, with a, you know, with a, I think I can't remember the ticket was 20,000 or 25,000 or 30,000, but you know, very expensive ticket, very expensive tables, very expensive dress. And then the irony of it all, she's there to tax the rent. Uh, unreal. I mean, it's just, again, you can't make this stuff up. So what do we do? 2022 is coming. Now, first of all, obviously, I know you're going to say, make sure you vote in the constitutional amendment election here in, in the sure. state of Texas. So if you want to talk a little bit about yeah. that, and then what can we do in 2022 sure. to stop the bleeding, to triage this situation? Sure. So definitely go out and vote. Uh, early voting is underway now, um, and you can vote uh, through Friday. Uh, the polls are open. The constitutional election day is on Tuesday. Uh, if you if you uh, want to have the most impact, if, if the constitutional election is probably the single greatest impact you can have because so few people vote, so your vote counts extra. Yes, it uh, does. So take advantage of that. Yes. Uh, go vote. Uh, participate. Um, you know, keep our democracy healthy. There are eight constitutional amendments. Um, on the on the ballot, uh, they all passed uh, each chamber of the Texas legislature with a two thirds vote. Um, so uh, at least your legislators thought enough of them to, to put them in front of you. Uh, I, I should just just a little bit of background. The Texas Constitution, and I have actually sat down and read it, uh, is really long. I think it's like 160 pages of reading uh, versus the U.S. Constitution, which I think is super short. I think it's only like 4,000 words. It's a really short. Uh, really short uh, document, but the state constitution is very complicated. And the reason for that is that it's very restrictive, which is good. It keeps government in check. Absolutely. To tweak things, to change things. uh, There are amendments on there. Uh, There, there is actually one protecting religious services from government intervention. Yes. Uh, Our own Scott Sanford from McKinney, Texas state representative. Uh, That's one of it's, and I'm really proud of him for fighting for religious, religious freedom and religious liberty. Um, and so that is on there. I hope that I certainly uh, hope that passes because that yes, will protect yes, yes, our yes. churches from, you know, and look, we, we've got a governor that's not about to shut down churches. Uh, but, you know, it doesn't mean you won't have a governor that will shut down churches. Right, uh, right. And so this would actually protect them um, and give them, you know, the right to the right to uh, freedom of religion that I believe the First Amendment protects. Um, so. There are several other things on there. I encourage you to go research them. Uh, it won't take you too long. And the lines are, as I understand, the lines are short and the participation, unfortunately, is low. So your vote counts more. You are so, correct, so sir. You've got no excuse. Go out and vote. Um, and, and I will say that, you know, I, I, uh, as an election judge, former election judge, I watched people come in to vote uh, on constitutional elections that then found out their registration to expire. They were, you know, registered in the right. wrong place, et cetera, et cetera. So it actually can be a dry run. They go, oh, wow. So you're ready to go for the next election, right. uh, which is which is the primary on the first of March. Yeah, so, which is just right uh, around the corner. And and you know, and I and I love that about you. You know, not only obviously, and thank you again for your service to our country. And then I'm going to ask you one more question so we can wrap you up and get you out to your committee meeting. Um, you know, you've you've served the country in the military, but I know I've worked with you for over two decades now in the grassroots. You know, you've been an election judge, you've been a mm-hmm. precinct chair, you've been there and done that, and you're with us knocking on doors every victory in every election cycle. So let's talk about the importance of getting out, at not only in our congressional district in November of 22, but all over the country. The people who are members of the crew who are like, wow, why can't Congressman Taylor be my congressman? Well, you know, what can they do come November of 22 to, again, stop the just the deluge of blood that is coming out of D.C.? 
Sure. Well, go vote, but also I mean, make your voice heard. I mean, take, yeah. the, take the time to send an email, take the time to make a phone call, take the yes. time to send a letter, uh, you know, communicate with your elected member of Congress and let them know where you are on an issue. Uh, you know, I, I'm hopeful uh, that, you know, this, <clears throat> this huge spending bill, there are a lot of people that are angry about a lot of parts, a lot of parts of it. It's such a big bill, right? So there are like other people that rightfully are upset about the amnesty. There are people that are upset about the increases in taxes. They're upset about the spying. They're upset right. about the increased size of social spending. They're uh, upset about how it's going to reduce the workforce. Uh, and actually, I'll, I'll make this comment. You know, the, uh, the, the fiscal recommendation from Economics 101, when you're in a time of inflation, is to stop spending so much money at the government level. Right. Government should tighten its belt, spend less. And the Democrats are doing the exact opposite, and they are making it much, much, much worse for every American. Every American right. is going to suffer or is suffering. Yes, is uh, suffering. Morning, somebody, yeah. you know, I'm having problems finding groceries in the grocery store. I mean, there are <sighs> empty shelves. I mean, so you've got you know, gas prices are up. People are mad about gas prices going up. We've got real problems in our country. And unfortunately, the right answer here is, you know, drill more, encourage people to work more, you know, cut red tape, get things, get things moving and going. And the answer is instead create more red tape, increase spending, increase taxes, and make it harder for people to work. So yeah. you're, you're literally, I mean, I, I, I don't know how much worse uh, the Biden administration can make it, but they're trying. Uh, they're trying say, every single don't, day. Don't dare them. To make them. inflation worse, <laughs> to make workforce participation worse, to make our supply chains worse. They are they are creating the very problems that, that, that Americans are complaining about every day. And they've done it through the choices that they've made. I mean, you know, President Biden, day one, you know, canceled the Keystone Pipeline. Yeah. You know, he created the, the crisis on the border. I know we've spent a lot of time talking about that. Right. I mean, day one, yeah. not building the wall. Day one, stop deporting people. Day one. Get rid of the remain in Mexico policy. And those mm. choices, and he's making affirmative choices. I mean, this is what he wants to do. This is the vision, his vision for America is the crisis that you're seeing in front of us. Right. That's the way so many Republicans said this is a bad idea. We shouldn't cancel the Keystone Pipeline. Right. We shouldn't stop building the wall. Right. We should keep deporting people. We should keep the remain in Mexico policy. And President Trump was right to create those policies. He Absolutely. made the right choices. President Biden is making the wrong choices. And Americans are suffering. Because of Joe Biden's poor judgment, what he, that is that is that is so he's trying to he's trying to attack President Trump, but he's actually he's actually um, what President Biden is doing, but these bad choices making he's actually showing that President Trump was right. Right. Yeah. I, I clearly, clearly. Well, thank you so much. Uh, best to you in your committee meeting this morning, and and all the other work you're trying to do to stop the insanity. And we do appreciate that. And then I look forward to seeing you back in district on Saturday, as you recognize a number of outstanding military people who have still gone on after their military career to serve here in the community. So look forward to seeing you then. Okay. Thank you, Kathy. Great to be with you. All right. Take care. Have a great one. We'll see you soon. All right. Um, God bless um, uh, Congressman Van Taylor and all of the people who are in Congress and the Senate who are trying to stop this insanity. And um, Brett, do you mind pulling up the little pet costumes? Because after you hear that, yes, this administration still wants to look at your bank account, and don't just think they're like, oh, okay, it's not going to be 600 now, it's going to be 10,000. Don't think if they get your hook, their hooks into looking at one amount 
that they won't all of a sudden push it down and push it down and push it down or, you know, whatever the case may be, push it up. How, however, they they get this. It, once they get their hooks into looking into your bank account, that doesn't just change. Even if we were to get um, an overwhelming majority in the Senate, get Congress back, and then in 2024 get a new president, those are things that it takes time, if you ever can, to undo that damage. So that's one of those things you don't want to start going down that rabbit hole. Um, Congressman Taylor is always telling us, reach out to the congressman, reach out to people on the committees, reach out to the current president, the current speaker. Um, you don't have to like them to say, hey, this is not okay what you're doing to, to we the people. Because if we don't stand up and let our voice be heard, then you know what shame on us we've got the we've got the accessibility we've got the opportunity if we're on eight streaming services we can sit there and send an email to somebody in congress or pick up the phone and call somebody so um you know we, we wish you all the best congressman taylor um let's show so we don't end on talking about spending trillions upon trillions upon trillions of dollars that don't exist that I, and i again that's another thing my parents used to say is there is there a money tree out back and i was like I hope so. There's not. Um, so, you know, if there's if the money's not there, don't spend it. It, it. Especially with our government money, please, please, please don't spend money that we don't have, that you're basically kicking the can down to future generations. Um, and these future generations, because of the way they've been educated, I don't know that they're going to be equipped to fight that or to even know to fight that down the road. So we've we've it's up to us to do the work and stop it now. So, oh, I need a blood pressure pill after that. Um, so let's look at some cute puppy costumes and kitty costumes. We'll just look at about um, four or five of these before we sign off for the day. And then um, we've got the lawyer show tomorrow. We've got, um, what else do we have? Um, we've got the um, Kilroy's Conversation coming up this weekend, Ask Dr. Be Good show coming up this weekend. And, and just please keep Dr. Good's um, family in your prayers um, as they've got a family funeral today for a family member who they lost in an in, in, untimely way um so we're we want the crew to pray for them and then um what else do we have we've got oh this pink cloud coming up on friday um i think i said kilroy's conversation snarky parenthetical all kinds of good shows coming up so um let's go here and okay look at this little vampire cute little dog costume okay love that let's go ahead and scroll keep on scrolling up to some of these because these are so cute Okay, and this one I love. Now, I've got, at first I was going to have Kira be either a peacock or a mermaid. Oh, there was something else, like an octopus. Anyways, a couple of cute, Wonder Woman. There are several cute outfits I was looking at for her. But I saw this the other day, and I wonder if I can order this in time. This is Baby Yoda with the frog. And this Baby Yoda that I have um, right here in front of me every day, um, this Grogu came with its own little frog, but that's at home. I don't bring it in every day. Um, so that costume is so cute. And I literally, after this show, before my next show, I'm going to see if that is available and if I can get it rushed to me before Halloween. And what else do we have, Brett, on here for cute costumes? Oh, yes. And look at this one. It's like a little spaceship. How cute is that? So that's a cute little rocket ship. 
if you're into Space Force, which I am. And then this is so cute. And this one is was very inexpensive. And I think I saw this one at Petco as well the other day. They had this. It's like a little piece of toast you can put so you can have cat toast. And then I also saw um, one like this, and it just zips up, and it was a, a slice of pizza. So cute. And so you can do dogs or cats. And then look at the little lobster. He's somebody's lobster. What show is that a reference from? Okay, let's show let's show about two more because these are just so cute. The UPS delivery man for the dogs or cats. That is the cutest thing. And especially since so many of us get things delivered to our home now since the pandemic. I I just think that's cute as I'll get out. And let's show, let's show another one. These are just so cute. That's <laughs> just so hilarious. Oh, and what is this little rodeo on the cat? So cute. We did this um, when my dog Lucy was still alive. Our our sweet Lucy, when she was still around, she did a little, she had a little monkey rodeo on her back that was so cute. And then let's let's do, I think this is a little mouse on the cat's back, which that's cute. And then which one was this? This was the um, walking, was this like the tablecloth? I can't quite see that. Brett, help me out. Was that the tablecloth one? Oh, there we go. Oh, no, this was the granny costume, which is hilarious. If you've got like an elderly pet, I think that's really cute. And let's show a couple more before we sign off, because this does put me in a better mood when I think of all the craziness going on. Of course, Batman, greatness. You got to love that. And like I said, I Wonder Woman costume was still in the running for Kira. And what else do we have? Oh, and we'll end with this. The happy cow dog. And I just think that's so sweet. There's so many fun costumes out there. And, of course, some of your pets are going to be like, oh, no, 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 no. But it's just so fun. And post, go out and flood social media this weekend when it comes time for Halloween. Flood social media with cute pictures of your puppies and your kitties, even your baby goats if you're dressing them up, because I do have friends who will be dressing their goats up. Um, you know, let's just flood social media with some happy, wonderful, <laughs> great thoughts of normalcy and uh, just brighten somebody's day. I, that's my, that is my challenge to you as we start to get closer to the weekend. All right. Well, we will see you soon. I think I've gone over my time. Imagine that. Uh, when JP's not here, I have a hard time keeping, keeping track of time. Uh, anyways, just um, have a wonderful, blessed uh, day, and we will see you soon. Thanks for tuning in and being part of the crew on JP, Kathy, and the crew.